This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 160, a quick guide to word finding. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Building Resilience Podcast. I am happy to have you here. A warm welcome if this is one of the first times you're listening. And of course, welcome to all my listeners who've been listening with me for a while. I love hearing from you. I love finding out what you find helpful. So make sure that we are connected on Instagram or Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. And if you are learning and appreciating these episodes, then I would love it if you would go to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave me a review. It really just helps me to get word out about this podcast. So I'd be very grateful for you if you would do that. Now, at the beginning of the year, there's always a focus on getting healthier for so many people. Most people are focused usually on their physical health. Maybe it's going to be losing weight or eating more healthy. Well, my passion, of course, is brain health or nervous system health. So I decided today I'm going to focus on that, but with a bit of a twist. As many of you know, I have been a speech-language pathologist for 25 years, and my specialty has been in the area of traumatic brain injury. So brain health is really my passion. And what I find is you often don't appreciate your brain and everything it does until something goes wrong and gets messed up along the way. Now, one of the challenges that people often have if they have an injury or are suffering from an illness is trouble with words. We call it word finding problems. It's pretty common and it's probably one of the most common problems along with memory and executive function challenges that is noted on my referrals when people are referred to me. Now, everyone at some point will have a hard time finding a word. This can happen more when you're tired. It can happen when you're stressed out. It can happen when you're pregnant or going through menopause. And of course, it can happen just naturally as you're getting older. You start experiencing these blips more and more. And of course, if you've experienced a traumatic brain injury, a concussion, or have an illness, this might be a more frequent experience. So today, I'm going to share with you some strategies and things that you can do to improve your overall word finding, whether it's the occasional blip or whether you have an injury or an illness. They're essentially the same strategies. So the first thing I want to share with you is you really want to make sure in general to surround yourself with words. I love the expression to surround yourself with greatness. And I think we all know people talk about the idea of surrounding yourself with people who will inspire and elevate you. Well, I like to say surround yourself with words because words can be very inspiring. Reading, listening to things, writing, anything word-related, great activities to do. People will often do word searches or crossword puzzles. They'll play games like Scrabble or Scategories. I know Scategories is a big hit in our house or Boggle, or maybe they'll play games on their phone like Wordle. 
These are all great things to do to make sure your brain has a constant flow of words in it. Now, it's even better if you're actually having to generate words, come up with actual words. That's why activities like categories is so great. It is better if it's a bit of a challenge for you to do it as well. So things like word searches are often good for attention and tracking exercises, but they're not necessarily great for improving your ability to find words. Although they can expose you to new vocabulary if they have like harder words or harder vocabulary. But in general, I want to encourage you to aim for activities that push your words a bit. Now, if word finding is more of a persistent problem, you may also want to keep a list of words that seem to trip you up more frequently and then review that list. Or if there's a certain vocabulary that you need to be well-versed in, you might want to make sure that you're reading and referring to those terms more specifically. So for example, you may find it helpful to review manuals for specific terminology or develop a list of written terms that you can use as a reference. I remember when I started my work as a speech pathologist, I initially was working in an, a hospital setting. In that hospital setting, the majority of time I worked with swallowing. Now, swallowing has a whole specific set of terminology, and even the reports, I would have to chart all the assessments and the therapy that I did. I kept a running list of phrases and terms at the beginning when everything was unfamiliar to me so that I could refer to it and that would help me in my charting. So that's the kind of thing that I'm referring to. You may have a specific vocabulary or terminology that is used in your world, whether it be professional or personal. So you may want to expose yourself to more of those terms. So those are just some basics, helpful activities, play some games, do some crosswords, expose yourself to more reading, more vocabulary. But let's talk now about what to do if you can't find your words in conversation, because that is usually where people have the most challenge. Now, before we go into some specific strategies, I want you to make sure that you're setting the stage for success. And that means understanding what impacts your word finding. For example, as I mentioned earlier, when people are really tired, they tend to have more problems finding words. Or if there's a time pressure on them to find the words. Or if the conversation is emotionally charged, they may have a harder time finding words. So you just want to be aware of the things that will impact your word finding right from the get-go. You may want to try to be as well-rested as possible, to slow things down, and to learn how to be more relaxed, because that brings us to the nervous system. Now, hopefully, you've heard me say enough times that you lose access to your thinking skills when you enter the stress response. This impacts your language skills as well, which means that access to your words can be impacted if you are in a stress response. So if you get stuck on a word or can't find a word, that can be pretty frustrating. Then you may feel inadequate. You may get irritated with yourself. You may feel embarrassed. And of course, all those feelings will just cause you to feel even more stressed that you'll be heading really into team hyper. And when you're stressed and anxious, it's going to impact your ability to access the words even more so. So the first thing you want to do when you get stuck on a word is to stop and take a breath. Give yourself a pause to allow yourself to get back to the parasympathetic system, get back to that zone of resilience, team resilient, and get your thinking back online. 
So the first strategy I recommend is always stop and breathe. Now, you may even also want to consciously reduce muscle tension in your body, as that will also help you get to your parasympathetic system, your zone of resilience, your team resilient, and then you can access your thinking skills. Learning how to get to a place of calm is always going to be the first place to start. So you will also want to make sure that you're practicing things on a daily basis, like breathing and reducing the tension in your body. So that when you're in a situation where you can't find a word, you can just jump right into a breathing technique or the ragdoll technique that you're already familiar with. I've used this analogy before, but I kind of think of it like going to practice or training versus game day. So if you are playing a sport, you are committing to practice and training on a daily basis. The training program is going to be something like practicing how to breathe, how to relax on a daily basis. So it can become very familiar to you and you can develop strong pathways to doing it. Then what happens on a sports team is you go to play the game. And because you have been practicing so much, all the strategies become very familiar to you. You are able to access them quickly. You can implement them when you need them. So if you are in the middle of a conversation and you can't find a word, you have your game day strategy to use because you've been practicing it for weeks. You really want to get good at learning to acutely relax your body and breathe so you can get your thinking skills back online as quickly as possible when you are in the real-time game day, as I call it. Now, the other thing you want to consider and you may want to work on is dropping the judgment. Pay attention to what you make word-finding difficulties mean. Are you engaging in negative self-talk where you're telling yourself you're stupid, you're not smart, it's embarrassing, you look like a fool? If you're engaging in that type of negative talk, you're setting yourself up to have even a harder time. Drop the judgment. You're having a word-finding challenge. It's not a big deal. Yes, for sure, it's not ideal. But the more frustrated you get with yourself, the more you solidify being in team hyper, the harder it's going to be to access your words because you don't have your thinking online. And then it's going to make it awkward in conversations with people. Not being able to find a word is not what makes conversations challenging. What makes conversations challenging is if you can't find a word and you make a big deal about it. You're much better off to just casually start using one of the strategies that I'm about to share with you and not make it a big deal. Because remember, the goal of communication is connection. The goal is not to use a specific word or to have a highest level of vocabulary. The goal is to get your point across and connect with the person you're conversing with. So try not to make it a big deal when you get stuck. All right, so you've calmed yourself down, you've taken a nice breath, you're in a relaxed body, and all this can just happen in a few quick seconds. It doesn't take long to take a nice deep breath and drop the tension, drop into a ragdoll. Next, what you're gonna do is you're gonna try some of these strategies. The first strategy is to just describe the word. This is where you simply try to describe what you're trying to say. You can start by describing the shape, the size, the function, the color. 
For example, if you were trying to describe the word bed, you may say something like you sleep in it. It comes in different sizes, queen, king, full-size, double. It can be any color. It could be wood or metal. It usually has a mattress. You describe as much as you can about the word. And often what happens is as you're describing the word, the word will appear or the other person that you're conversing with will jump in and give you the word. Now, the second strategy is very similar. It's something called circumlocution. This is very similar to just describing. It's where you talk around the word. You may talk about what function it has or other things that are related to it. You may talk about where you find it. Now, both describing and circumlocution are very effective ways of pulling out other information that will often trigger the word that you're trying to find. The third strategy you can try is to provide a substitute for the word. Now, this can come in the form of a synonym or a word that means the same or an antonym, which is a word that is the opposite for the one that you're trying to produce. This can help you produce the word because then your mind is thinking about words that are associated with the word that you're trying to get. Now, the fourth strategy is quite a popular one that we use naturally. It's to gesture, to use your face, your arms, your body as much as possible. And you can gesture how you use the word or as a way of describing what the word looks like. For example, if you're trying to come up with the word hammer, you may gesture what it looks like to be pounding a nail. Now, this is a common one that we often naturally use, like I said, when the word doesn't come to us quickly. We often actually use gestures even when the words are there. The fifth technique is association. Now, in this technique, you're not looking for a specific word that means the same or a specific word that is the opposite. You're just going through words that are associated to the word that you're trying to find. For example, if you can't come up with certain fruits like apple, you may bring up other fruits like banana, peach, strawberry, or you may bring up orchards or worms or juice, all the things that can be associated with apple. Now, the sixth strategy that you can try is writing. Sounds weird that when you're in conversation that writing can be a strategy to use, but writing can actually be a very powerful strategy. Sometimes if you can't say the word, if you go to try to write it, it can trigger the word in your mind. You may even try to write it then just in the air with air writing. And this ties very closely to visualization, which we'll talk about in a minute. But try just writing it in the air or go to write it on paper and often the word will come up. Now, another strategy is to use an alphabet prompt. And what this means is you go through the alphabet to see if you can come up with the first letter of the word that you're searching for. Sometimes even if you close your eyes and try to picture what that first letter is or that first sound is, it will appear. The eighth strategy is one that we call a phonemic cue. And this is where you attempt to say the first sound of the word. This can be pretty helpful if the word is on the tip of your tongue. Trying to at least say the first sound of the word often triggers the production of the whole word. Sometimes you can then try to guess different words that start with that sound and the word will pop up. Now, the ninth strategy, a super simple one, but we sometimes forget it's an effective strategy. Just guessing. 
try to guess the word by saying it out loud. Sometimes that can just get things moving in our brain and we will find the word. So don't be afraid to try to guess. And don't be afraid if a few guesses come out that aren't right. We are just trying to get things moving and pulling up different files in our brain, so to speak. Now, the 10th way is visualization. When you can't think of a word, try to see if you can see it. You can either try to see it in your mind or try to visualize what it would look like if you were writing it on paper. You can try to visualize the word being written out one letter at a time, or then you can visualize what it would look like if you were trying to read it when it was completely written. It may sound like a weird strategy, but it can work really well with some people. And then sometimes combining visualization with the description can work. As we talked about earlier, the description, what does it look like? What function does it have? As you're describing things, visualize the image of what the word is and then continue to describe it out loud. The 11th strategy that can be really effective is what we call a sentence prompt. This is where you try to think of a sentence that ends with the word that you're searching for. This actually can help bring the word to mind. It can be really, really useful, especially if you have other people around you who are helping you with your words. They can start you off with a sentence prompt and just leave it blank for you to fill in the blank. It doesn't always work, but this is a great way that somebody else can help you. And then lastly, if you're practicing trying to find your words and you have somebody who is helping you, it can be helpful if they provide you with a cue or a clue. Maybe it's going to be the first sound or the first letter. This can help you retrieve the word more quickly. I do encourage people though, if you have a partner, a parent, a child, a friend who struggles with word finding, don't be so quick to constantly jump in and give them the word. Let people have time. Let people have space. Give them the first sound or the first cue before you jump in right away and give them the actual word. It can be really discouraging when somebody is trying to use one of these strategies and their partner just comes jumping in and just completes the sentence for them without giving them the opportunity and the time to practice one of these strategies. So these are some tips on what you can do when you're stuck or struggling with word finding challenges. As I said, we get word finding challenges when maybe we're tired or there is something going on in our life. There's an illness or an injury. And sometimes as we get older, we'll see that we have a harder time accessing our words. All these strategies will be helpful. I really encourage you for your own health, invest and immerse yourself with words. Read, write, listen, speak, deliberately challenge yourself. New games, new vocabulary, new learning. You want to be building up as many new roots as possible. You want to engage in as much stimulation as possible for your brain health. I hope you found this episode helpful and I will see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. 
You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.